God's gift from start to finish. Ephesians chapter 2, 7 to 10. If you would like to stand with me, keep the smile on your face, but let's say this prayer together. Please stand. Let me pray for us. O God of the Master Jesus Christ, God of glory, give to our community wise and revelatory thoughts, enlightening our understanding, opening the eyes of our heart, so that we experience the hope from your invitation to enter the kingdom of God, the abundance of your glorious salvation and inheritance in us, and the extraordinary greatness of your power for us who believe according to the intense working of your strength. Stay standing as I read our passage together. Now God has us where he wants us. With all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea and all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. If we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving He creates each of us by Jesus Christ to join him in the work he does, the good work he has gotten ready for us to do, work we had better be doing. Please have a seat. God has us right where he wants us. And my image in my head goes to the time that I had one of the few fights in my life, and I had Lanny in a headlock, and I was doing this action, but I didn't have the heart to keep doing that, but I had him right where I wanted him. And when I let go of him, he hit me in the eye and had the biggest black eye I'd ever had. So we ended up winning the race, I mean the the fight. But we think of God having us in the right place, or we think of God like these children. You know, God, he he eats all of our trick-or-treat candy. But is that what this means, that God has us right where he wants us? No, it's not negative, it's positive. God has us right where he wants us so that throughout this age, which is called this present age, into the age to come, God is showering upon us grace and kindness. Grace and kindness. Grace and kindness. Grace and kindness. God is contributing to our life. He's not taking away from our life. God is not mad with the human race. God is showering us with grace, gift. God is showering us with kindness, grace and kindness, both now and later, which means forever. We are a people who have been saved. And saving was all God's idea. It's all God's work, and all we do is trust Him enough to let Him do it. Now, that is easy to say, but it's really hard for us to do. So let's say this together, all His idea. One, two, three. All His idea. Now, together, all His work. All His work. What don't we understand about all? All. Salvation, saving, 
recreating us. All is his idea. It's not our idea. We, we didn't come up with the idea, oh, God, you need to save us. It's his idea. It's his idea to save the human race. And it's all his work. We contribute nothing. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. But that's really hard for us to do. It's really hard for us to let him do it. Think for a moment. What ideas are you trying to contribute to God? You know, God, if you just would accept my idea, you know, things would really work better in my life and in the planet. Anybody making suggestions along those lines to God? It comes in subtle ways. I mean, it's really not that blatant. But you know what? We got to stop. Stop. God doesn't need our ideas. His idea was to save us. We can stop, rest. Don't do that anymore. Where are we trying to contribute to his work of saving us? Okay, God, I'm going to do it. Okay, today, I promise I'm going to get my act together today. And he says, stop. I don't need you to get your act together. It's my work. All I need you to do, I just need you to trust me enough to let me do it. Let me save you. Let me transform you. Let me do what I want to do in you. That's all I want. Just trust me to do that. All his idea. All his work. God has us right where he wants us. And if we'll trust him enough to let him do it, then we live a life being showered by God's grace and by God's kindness. And when God's filling up our life with grace and kindness, guess what we have to give to our neighbor? Grace and kindness. Because God always gives in abundance. Grace and kindness. Look at your neighbor and say, I'd really like to give you some grace. And in return, you say, well, I'd like a little kindness too. And then just think, of the, just think about the people around us. Those of you that have been to Worst Fest and have been in the line and been pushed about, Everybody at Worst Fest and all the lines needs, what do they need? Grace and kindness. And where is that going to come from? From a God who's showering upon people like you and me, grace and kindness, and we go give it away. It's all his idea. It's all his work from start to finish. He started to save us. He will finish saving us. Salvation is his gift to us. We, we don't play the major role, I'm sorry to say. You know, <laughs> we all want to be center stage, and we're not. Jesus is center stage. Jesus plays the major role. If we did play a role in the drama of salvation, we would end up bragging about all of our good work, wouldn't we? So Jesus does it all. He does the making 
and he does the saving. Jesus has started something in us, and Jesus will finish it. He started to save us. He will finish saving us. He started to transform us. He will finish transforming us. We've been recreated. That is started. We're new creatures in Christ. He won't stop until that's done. Totally transformed. From start to finish, it's God's gift to us. But the question does come up, you know, why does he save us? Many times... We reduce what God intends, and we reduce it to something that's really good. It is true. Our sins are forgiven, and we're going to spend eternity with God in heaven. That is a true statement. But forgiveness has to do with the past, and heaven has to do with the future. And so if we're saved for the past and we're saved for the future, what about now? What are we supposed to do with our life? When I was saved at 17, I was wonderfully saved. He did a new thing in me. My sin was forgiven. I started a new relationship with Jesus. I hope to follow in my grandfather's footsteps and live till I'm 97. So between 17 and 97, Ron, why are you cringing? That just seemed like too long. (laughs) If, I mean, that would be 80 years. That would be like two generations in, the, in Bible, Bible terms, you know, 40 years. And so if my, if my salvation was about the past, and I mean, I can still tell you my story. I mean, I'm so grateful for young life. People that hung out and told me the story of Jesus, I'm so grateful. I didn't, I didn't know that story. And I met Jesus. I mean, I, I could tell you. It was in the Redis' living room. I mean, I can tell you. I haven't forgotten that. I can tell you what it was like to be forgiven, be cleansed, you know, filled with joy. And I was even being disobedient. I left, you know, the, my place of employment to sneak away to be a young life. You know? So God saved what? A sinner. Surprise. <laughs> Isn't that what he does? <laughs> but if that's all I think, told you about, and I just kept telling you about how much I look, I'm looking forward to a reunion with Jesus in heaven forever and ever, I mean, would that be enough to fill my life? So I think what this passage is telling us, and I think there's many more, that we have been saved for a purpose. Salvation is the means to the end. Salvation is not the end in itself. We have been saved, wonderfully saved. It's God's gift to us. I've been wonderfully forgiven. My sins are forgiven. I have a place to go now when I, when I still transgress. But I've been saved, we've been saved to join him in the work he does. We've, we've been saved to join him in new creation. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work he does, the good work he's gotten ready for us to do, work we had better get to doing. We've been saved for a purpose, a purpose of good work. And then the question, well, what is he doing? 
this passage in Isaiah is, is a home base for me. And I just want to remind you again and again because it tells us what his work is. So we need to join him in his work. Take a good look at my servant. That would be Jesus. Keep focusing upon Jesus. Christianity is about Jesus. Christianity is about following Jesus. It's not about our meeting together. It's not about buildings. It's not about institutions or schools. It's not about platforms of truth. It's about Jesus. Take a good look at Jesus and don't ever stop looking at Jesus. God the Father says, I'm backing him to the hilt. He's the one I chose. I couldn't be more pleased with him. I bathed him with my spirit my life. Why? Because he'll set everything right among the nations. He won't call attention to what he does with loud speeches or gaudy parades. He won't brush aside the bruised and the hurt. He won't disregard the small and the insignificant. But this is what he will do. He'll steadily and firmly set things right. He won't tire out. He won't quit. He won't be stopped until he's finished his work. And what is his work? To set things right on the earth. We have a purpose every day. He creates each of us. And we are to join him in the work he does. What is the work he does? Setting things right on the earth. And he has good, he has good work he's gotten ready for us to do. So every day we can say, I want to join what you're doing today. And it looks like this. He's setting things right. He starts with me. I mean, he has set things right between me and God. That's where it starts. I've been reconciled with God. But once I'm reconciled with God, guess what? He, set th- he sets things right between me and you. And then as he sets things right between us, then we set things right between us and our neighbors. And then as neighborhoods are set right, then, they, they set, then, then cities and then states and then nations. God is setting everything right. That's the work that he's called us to. In us, between us, to others, locally and globally, God is setting everything right. That is his work, and he wants us to join him. Now, we're doing a couple of things of setting things right. One, locally, there's, there's too much trash in our river. I read this statement. There's no argument that under current rules, the current rules of using our river, the floor of the lovely little Comal River is one pitifully trashed out place. Everybody agrees with that. Well, getting the litter out of the river is setting things right in our community, in our river. Or it was like, Last weekend, some of you participated in the Chosen Marathon for Adoption, setting things right. I mean, we we would all be able to say, there's too many orphans in the world. The family is in trouble. Would you like to stand up? And I'd be glad to read that. 
how do we reach 147 million orphans? One at a time. One at a time. Setting things right for the orphans of this world. Setting things right for families. That, that's joining God. That's, that's a God thing. That's, again, it's His idea. And we're just joining Him to do it. Our visit to Rwanda. I mean, Jesus is setting things right in Rwanda. We, uh, the last morning that we were there, uh, Pastor Antoine, who um, served on the first National Unity and Reconciliation Commission, came and told us the story. You know, how does, how does a nation reconcile itself with each other after a genocide? And as they were trying to figure that out, how do we move forward? A million people have lost their life at the hands of their neighbors. How are we going to recover from that? And so as they tried to figure that out, he remembered this hierarchy of needs from Abraham Maslow. And so, as they go about setting things right, they realize, well, there's, there's physiological, there's physical needs that people need. And then there's security or safety needs. And then there's love and there's belonging needs. And then there's esteem needs. And then there's self-actualization needs. Those are all legitimate needs that now we're not just talking about a family. We're not just talking about a small church. We're not just talking about a community. We're talking about a nation. How, how are you going to see things set right that these needs would be met? And as I listened to this very, very intelligent man explain how they as a nation could see Jesus set things right, He said some things I thought were really profound for us. One, as far as people's physical needs, physiologically, you and I individually can adopt a child in poverty. Or we as a church could contribute to a ministry that took care of the poor. Or we could go down and help feed the homeless and the working poor in San Antonio with loaves and fishes. I mean, we're, we're participating in, in meeting people's needs. Our NGOs exist for that. Uh, government has programs. From their perspective, we can take care of that needs. Security-wise, in their world that broke, the only, the only instrument for providing for the security would be the government. So every night on the streets of Kigali... Soldiers and policemen are delivered on almost every block with a weapon. They just don't want to leave anything to chance. And so the government says, we're going to provide the security for our nation uh, for as long as we need to, probably till 2020. They'll continue to do that. As far as a sense of belonging, uh, Pastor Antoine said only the church can provide that. So for the, the nation of Rwanda... Recovering from a genocide, he's saying only the church can give people a sense of a belonging. Only the church can provide people with a sense of connection, a sense of being family. When families have been torn apart, 
only the church can give that back. And as far as esteem, in some ways values, the church and school can provide that. Self-actualization, individuals, NGOs, church, state, government can all contribute toward that. But what I want us to see is as Jesus is setting things right in Rwanda, a nation that 17 years ago had a genocide, notice the place that the people of faith play. There is a work that Jesus has for his people to do that only his people can do. And as I learned that lesson from Rwanda, I believe it's transferable to us. We are the only people on the planet that can provide people a place to belong. We are to be the most inclusive group of any group on the planet. We are to provide people with a sense of family. And only we can do that. It is our contribution to the human race. You see why community is important? You see why maybe I sound like a broken record on our community groups? We need connection. We all acknowledge family has been broken. Most of us come out of dysfunctional families. How does God set things right for a dysfunctional family? He creates a functional family so that we all can belong to a family. We want to be that family. We want Rwanda to recover from what they're going through, but my friends, we want to bring it home. We want to be the family of God. So here's some suggestions for us as we think about this passage, we think about how it plugs into our life. One, let's let's really let Jesus save us and create us anew without trying to help. Let's really stop trying to help Jesus. Whether it's with ourselves, whatever whatever our self-improvement projects are on ourselves, or whether it's our self-improvement projects on our spouse, or it's our, our self... Tom, why are you looking at Shirley like that? <laughs> our, our <laughs> that was a wonderful exchange. <laughs> I couldn't tell if you're working on her or she's working on you. <laughs> okay. Or our, even our kids. You know, our, Jesus will save our kids. It may take forever. It took Jesus a long time to save my dad. But the day came my dad called me. I did it, and I knew instantly what he, what he, what he, what he wanted to say. I said, really? Well, well, I don't know what it is. What? No, you know. Well, you're right. I do know, but you need to tell me. 
And he said, I've met Jesus. It was wonderful. And it took years, close to 20 years. But Jesus saved my dad. And then he recreated relationship between the two of us. Only Jesus can do that. He healed my wounds. And, and my sins were forgiven. And my dad and I were reconciled through Jesus. Your neighbor. You know, my neighbor that doesn't talk to me much. You know, i got to stop trying to make him talk to me. <laughs> Jesus will save him, you know. Someday Jesus will say, your neighbor is a good guy. Go talk to him. We, we just got to stop. You know, we, we need to invite Jesus to save the people around us. We need to ask Jesus to save our nation from its own insanity. And out of asking, then he may give us things to do, but he needs to be the one that's the creator, the recreator. He's the savior. We need to be following him, not asking him to baptize our efforts. So let's, can we just stop? Let's stop. Trying to help Jesus and let him be Jesus. Then could you post these questions on your bath mirror? First one is, Father... Where are you working today? I want to join your work. He's creating opportunity all over our city. God wants to work through you, through me, through us, to set things right here. Let's just take a moment. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you created us. And not only did you create us, but you recreated us. Thank you that you saved us. Thank you that our sins are forgiven. Thank you that our future is secure. Thank you that all of our hope is in you. And Jesus, we acknowledge in that thanksgiving, we we know that not everything is right in our own lives. Not everything is right between us. Not everything is right in this room. Not everything is right on this block, in our families, in our neighborhoods, in our city, our state, the nation, between the nations. It's not all right. But you've given us a purpose. You've created us. You've saved us so that we might join you in what you're doing on the planet. Lord, I pray, back to the prayer we're praying, give us wise and revelatory thoughts that we would be able to see with the eyes of our heart that you're setting everything right on the planet. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing in Rwanda. Only you could set things right in a nation that went through a genocide. Only you could bring people to a place of healing and forgiveness for the atrocities of a genocide. Only you could do that. And as you set things right in Rwanda, Lord, I know you want to set things right between people all over the globe. So wherever there's an identity-based conflict, Lord, you want to set that right. And you've got people, just ordinary people like us, that represent you, that want to bring people together to to see things set right. So Holy Spirit, what I would ask you to do, I'd ask you 
to fill our minds with those things that we want to see set right. It's kind of like our bucket list of things to be set right before I join Jesus in heaven. And then, Lord, I ask that you would empower us, that you would resource us, that, Lord, we would be that unstoppable force on the globe that sees things set right to your glory. Finally, Lord, I ask that you give to each of us faith. It's just this simple faith. The faith to trust you to do it. You want to do the work of setting things right in us and through us. Give us the gift of faith, Jesus. Stop trying to help you. Stop trying to do what only you can do. But trust you. Finally, I want to invite anyone. If you just have a sense, like the, like the light bulb is going off in your head, like, you know, I'm really rather excited about Jesus wanting to work through me to set things right in my world. Uh, If that's something that you just have kind of a new thought or like the eyes of your heart are opening up, there's like new insight into that, it'd be great for us to pray for you today. The other thing that comes to mind is if you're just in the way, you just know you're in the way of Jesus being creative within you and saving and you just need to get out of the way and you know that, probably you would want somebody to pray for you today. And so, as we're saying goodbye to each other, we'll just, anybody that wants to receive any additional ministry this morning, we'll just kind of do that over here in this corner. And if those things kind of caught your ear, uh, please come. If there's other things, you have other things you'd like just additional prayer for, we can do that. So thank you for our time together. Uh, Let's go out and enjoy uh, a rainy day. Uh, Thank the Lord for some rain. Thanks. Amen.